0: Hey guys, this is Robin. Welcome to day number 13. By the way, if you're listening to this for the first time, my name's Rob Morgan. For the past decade, I've been traveling the world as a musician, playing with artists, and I realized something. Music was just a door that opened up the possibilities of conversations and meeting new people all over the world. And I realized I was having these amazing conversations, so I decided to start this podcast where I could sit down on location over drinks with people that I find interesting to try and get past what it is they to do to try find, to try find, to try to find. <sighs> Holy crap, Morgan. You're like 30 seconds in this intro. You're already on autopilot start enunciating, pull your crap together. Listen, all the the spiel to say is that I wanted to sit down with interesting people and hopefully have interesting conversations. 2019 hits, I have an idea. What would happen if I sat down every day of 2019 and I drank a Guinness and recorded a podcast? My hopes for doing this is I'm just trying to freaking force myself to change my own interpersonal definition of curiosity from a noun, from just the thought of curiosity just being questions in an interview situation uh to an outlook on life to the way I position myself in the universe around me to the way I interact with people the way I see people the way I see food drink arts culture everything I want to change uh I want to change my oh frick uh what do I want to change I actually don't want to change anything. I just want. To, I just want to step into the mode of being a better listener to the. And I mean, listening on and the existential uh, realm. Anyways, speaking of listening, today is Sunday the thirteenth, and I heard. That there is a bluegrass festival happening up in Fridley, Minnesota. It's actually happening. It's a fundraiser for an organization called the Minnesota Bluegrass and Old Time Music Association. And it's happening at an American Legion up north in Fridley, Minnesota. So here is the deal. I am ignorant when it comes to bluegrass music. I have zero insights. I have zero experience. I've not really even, I haven't listened to bluegrass music. The the, the few times I have listened to bluegrass music, probably uh, when it's happening in a live scenario, I've really appreciated it. I like it, but I know nothing about it. With ignorance comes insecurity on my part. So uh, typically, in my life, if I didn't know something about something, especially music, where I'm supposed to be a freaking professional here. I've been doing this for a living for 10 years. Uh, I just keep digging a hole deeper deeper into the ground of ignorance by not asking questions, not finding out, learning more about this. So I've decided to end it today. My buddy Nick Henches is, I believe he's he's on the board or he's like the vice president or something like that of the association of of Minnesota Blue ground awesomeness. So I reached out to him. I said, Hey, listen, Nick, help a brother out. Can we sit down? I'll buy you a beer. I know you are actually performing this evening. If you give me some time before you perform, uh, I would love to pick your brain and learn. Here's what I here. So here's what I want to do. Let's, let's, let's distill this. Let's distill this down a little bit. What I want to learn is what is the difference between bluegrass and old time music? So it all ends today. We're going to dive in deep. Hopefully, I want to learn all about bluegrass music. And if you stick with me to the end of the conversation, I might even play. Now, I might even. I'm saying that like uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll play. I don't know. I'm going to all teasy. No. If you stick around to the end of my conversation with Nick, I'm going to play a single from his band, No Man's String Band, because Nick's awesome. His band's awesome. His wife is in the band, and she has a crushing voice. Rules. Uh, and so, all right. Fridley's like twenty-five minutes from my place in Minneapolis, so I need to leave right now. Nick, I'm coming for you. I grew up. I'm trying to think of what year it was. When it was, uh, I was in high school. My only, my my only experience in the genre. Anywhere near bluegrass stuff was Nickel Creek. Sure. What what genre would you put Nickel Creek in? Because it's probably not yeah real well, bluegrass.
1: No, no, not definitely not. There they fall under what could be called any number of things: contemporary mm-hmm. bluegrass, or new grass or just like newgrass. Yeah, or just contemporary American music. Mm-hmm. I know that that's what. The, the Punch Brothers that they they try to push for that more now yeah. are you familiar with that band oh yeah okay That I love they're, the Punch Brothers because they play classical and they play indie rock and they play bluegrass so it's all just yes. it's just American acoustic music because yes. no other categorization really describes in any way what they do yes because it's so vague. Man,
0: well I'm thinking uh, uh, of so, a uh, scenario similar to that maybe, that comes to mind, is country music, right? You have like classic country, and there's kind of a pushback between to like, modern pop country. Yeah. People saying like that's not really country, yep. and like we're really trying to hold on to it. Yep. What does the bluegrass community think of bands like Punch Brothers?
1: Well, it, the fascinating thing there is, because Punch Brothers are so prolific, Mm. And, and and have come from such a all of them individually have come from such a, a influential place in in yeah. their respective instrument that the the general population of bluegrassers really embraces them. All if you're a really strictly an old time musician and fan, yeah. you might not get into some of the more modern things that they do. Okay but nobody really
0: Looks not, down upon what they yeah, do. Yeah, they're not pushing back and be like, "That's not really... Because it's no. almost like they're not, they're not trying. It, it from the outside at least, it doesn't seem like they're trying to say this is. No, they, know, they don't try to claim
1: it. They don't yeah. try. They just where fans like Trample by Turtles do okay. get a fair amount of um, yeah. skepticism. Interesting. Because yes, and, but and, but even them, they they denounced yeah. the bluegrass label. Yeah. They're not a bluegrass band. They never. Try yeah. to be but because their sound is more closely associated mm-hmm. with bluegrass and that it's that hard driving um acoustic it, it it just resembles the sound of bluegrass or old yeah. time music more that there's there's a little bit more of a are they or aren't they discussion
0: yes okay which is fascinating because you're saying that to me i i'm i'm, I'm thinking of It's funny how you want to pay respect to where you came from, like the older style, the original style, I'll say, of Bluegrass. And so the closer you are to that, it seems like, I would assume, you get more pushback. But if you branch out further, if you branch out enough where it's obviously you're not trying to do this, but you still have... Uh, roots yep. in it, then people give you kind of a slack. Yep. But it's interesting that the more you almost appreciate the style and the closer to the original product you are, not product, you know what I mean. Yep. The more flack you get. Yep. I don't know, that's just. And I think I, it also comes Part of it before. is
1: is the backgrounds of the, you know, in a band like Punch Brothers. All those guys played in other bands before that were bluegrass bands at some point. Oh, yeah. And so everybody knows in the bluegrass world that Chris Thiele can play bluegrass the way bluegrass is supposed to be played, or Gabe Witcher, or Noam Pekeli, or whatever. Yes. Where in the case of a band like Trampled by Turtles, they've never, they don't have that established fame or influence within the core genre yes. and so it makes their association with the subgenre a little bit more questionable. Really? I think. Yes. That's my theory. Oh yeah. Yeah oh man you know, because do you they, people don't go like oh I remember when Dave Simonette was a young picker at the Bluegrass Festivals." <laughs> <laughs> nobody
0: talks about yeah, that yeah.
1: but they talk about that in the context of Chris Thiele and okay. Chris Eldridge and th- those guys
0: so you've almost like proven yourself yeah and like you, oh you know what okay, you're doing you're invested we trust you it's
1: okay that you're now branching so far out of the realm yeah. of traditional music because we all know you can do traditional music yes and you've done it we've all heard it we love it yeah. every once in a while you right. come Back to it, and you throw a little bone our way. <laughs>
0: totally, yeah, totally. You know. yeah. Uh, man. Okay, it's it's funny talking about like a band like only because you said "trampled by turtles" a couple times. It's funny that they get brought up so much in my circle of friends, and their mm. name—that they're a band that you throw their name out, people recognize them. But to me, I don't—I I couldn't sing you one of their songs. I don't sure. think I've ever listened to like one of their. Deals. Yeah. So they're yeah. just like a local band to yep. me from like Duluth I mean, or something. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. I, I have yeah, like totally. six of their records. Yeah, totally. Everyone in my band, like we all are obsessed with them. Yeah. Yeah. And i am i am on. I'm very much in support of us as an organization. Like I wish we had brought them into the fold because, although there are reasons why they're like that, they have the they've kind of been outcasted a bit. Like I understand some of those Mm -hmm. musical concepts. (laughs) um, The the veracity with which they play their music Mm -hmm. to me is, is so much like. How Bill Monroe played bluegrass music. He's the guy who founded the genre in the '40s. Okay, yeah, yeah. And there's that there's that similarity, and to me, that energy, that ferociousness, is almost more important than how you play your instrument individually. Yes. But but in bluegrass Hell, yes. music, that that is that's not how the yeah. chips have fallen. Yes. It's very much a a, a music of of uh, not necessarily like prodigious players. I mean there are people who are prodigious but like yeah. the focus is very much on how clean can you play? Yes. How fast can you play? Yes. And that that's that's celebrated. Yes. Oh man, even though Bill Monroe was super sloppy but he he did it so well. Yes. That.
0: I mean, that's, cares, not, that's but, not even like a bluegrass thing. That's so many. There's so many different styles of music. I feel like where you the focus is uh, playing it like you're saying. Virtuosity, yeah, like the Steve uh, Vai. Yes. Like in Like music clean, yes. and Metal totally. and yeah. Man, <laughs> yes. Which is which. Uh, I don't have anything against because I think I love it I love that 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 exists in the world and I love that that exists in Bluegrass for me personally that seems to activate my head as a musician I feel I would wonder what other people that don't play music feel towards that music because it probably moves them emotionally more than it moves me but as a musician I start I get really heady when people are like that when they're playing heady I get heady I think I'm like into that but when someone's just rocking out no matter what the style of music then I can like forget the musicianship. almost, yeah. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, like you said, one moves your head, the other moves your heart. Yes. I think.
0: Yeah. Dude, you, you were you were talking about the the guy who started the bluegrass. Bill Monroe. Yeah. That only started in the 40s? in the forties. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. So it's not it, it's a it's an American tradition that's not that old. Yeah. Uh, he passed away in the nineties. Um, there are. I don't know that there's any first-generation bluegrass players alive anymore. There might be, but but we still have the second-generation guys who are... Some of them are still touring. Yeah. Like, do you know the name Del McCurry? I've heard the name before. um, uh, David Grisman is kind of second-generation, kind of third-generation. Del McCurry is kind of the biggest name of the second-generation. Because he he played in Bill Monroe's band at one point when he was a young man. Um, so there's yeah. still that, like there's a, still close ties to the origination of See, the music, which I cool. think feeds the 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 desire to preserve at least in some quantity the original version of it, yeah. because we're not that far removed from
0: that. yeah. that's actually. Yeah, Physi- I, Do you know where it was originated to?
1: Well, he was so he was born in I think Rosine, Kentucky. Okay. Uh, and he he named his band Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass and his Bluegrass okay. Boys, and it's you know he started out as him and his brother, and they played as a duo and they did some you know they were on the radio and they toured and they you know whatever but it 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 grew from. The old-time tradition. They basically took what they knew of old-time music, yes, which was played at you know bar- local barn dances yeah. and all of that, very rural music, and started dressing it up. They put on the suits, they picked up they picked up the tempo. They started the the trading solos and yes. diverting from the melody, making it you know allowing you to play a solo in your own personal style. Where yeah. old-time music is very melodic it's very focused on the melody you know so whether it's mu- just an instrumental or if it's a lyrical folk song any instrumental aspect of the song directly relates back to the vocal melody of the song and really? that just repeats yes. over and over and over again yes um, which is why you could dance to it so well yes so what Bill Monroe did is took some of that out took left some of it in he added the banjo the first time that you know that fast S- yep. What's called Scrugg style banjo picking. Scrug Scrugg style. Scrugg style. It's Scrug Earl Scruggs.
0: Yeah. Dude, I, I'm so pumped! That I'm talking with you, by the way, because I would not feel comfortable admitting how stupid I am in this genre <laughs> yeah. to like someone that's not a friend of mine. Yeah. Like, dude, I mean, fill me in on before, this.
1: Before, before Bill Monroe and his Bluegrass Boys played played this version of, of that became known as bluegrass. A lot of what they were doing literally had never been heard. I mean, that, fa- that fast banjo picking didn't exist until Earl Scruggs made it up in really? like the 30s or 40s joined Bill's band, they got on yeah. the radio yeah. and people lost their mind because banjo to everyone, at that point banjo was all be, being played in the claw hammer style which is a little softer a little bit more melodic, not quite okay. as hectic and hard driving yeah, yeah. and when Bill Monroe with Earl Scruggs came out with this sound of the, that crazy fast mandolin and the super intense banjo licks it just blew the doors off of something Really. And they and they were ready to Grasp it. I mean, Bill Monroe was very much known as a as a hard-headed mm-hmm. guy. Like you know, bluegrass music has never been a, a the ma- the mainstream music. Okay. So he had to go through many years in his career of you know lean years yeah. and very fruitful years. And because he was so proud of something that he created, and he was hard-headed enough to just bulldoze through yes. that the genre persisted he was able to carry it on his shoulders yes amongst many other people too of course but
0: man okay the two two things come to mind when you're talking about that That come to mind to me with with this topic is one I am fascinated with this thought of this is off to the side but the the thought of fame I'm fascinated with any time anytime someone says uh, oh, yeah, they just they've just exploded they came out of nowhere Or someone's career in whatever field music yeah. sports Whatever that they just came out my ears perk up because I know no one just comes out of nowhere There's no a, typically they usually unless you're like a child star. I guess there's like years of grinding it So yeah. even some like bluegrass that most people would just assume has been around forever It's just you don't think about the grinding yes. of yeah. somebody just coming out and doing something so new Yeah, and the other thing is I, I'm kind of fascinated. When we're the theme of this seems to be kind of like blue. When you think of bluegrass, for me as a musician, I think it's it's more. I would I wouldn't differentiate it with old timey music necessarily. Not having dove into it myself. And so you just think of it as old, just older music. But if you, until you dive into the history that you're talking about, then all of a sudden you realize, well, wait a second, like this is this was cutting edge. People were probably offended because, how, yeah. like, because of this uh, new sound. Oh, absolutely! People, how like new bluegrass was yeah. at the time.
1: I definitely think old time musicians. I'm sure. I am sure that there was a reaction to Bill Monroe's bluegrass from the old time community. That's not that. What are you doing? Yeah,
0: that's not. And
2: how we in do it. in yeah. the
1: same way that bluegrass music reacts to bands like Nickel Creek, or yes. Punch Brothers, or you know, th- there there are members of the community that go, "That's not. Yes. Don't ever try to call that bluegrass yes. because it's not."
0: Yeah,
1: and you you know, whatever side of the coin you are on, d- yeah, um, some bit, people are against, and some people are very much for it. Yeah,
0: man. Okay, this is. This is stretching, and I, we, only can, we can only just assume things. But why, in, in like something so fresh, like why do you think it became like a classic or a standard bluegrass? Like why do you, what do you think? What do you attribute to the longevity well, it, of bluegrass?
1: It's it's based in folk tradition. So, in the eighteenth century, you had immigrants from Britain and Ireland, and British Isles, that came to came to America. Uh, those that landed in uh, the Appalachian Mountains brought with them their folk music, and it's those folk songs that established the old time tradition. So, what's what what I think is fascinating is in in bluegrass, you know, there's there's all kinds of standard tunes, just like in yeah, jazz yeah. Yeah, yeah. or in some other genres. So, in bluegrass, you might learn a a bluegrass tune, and it's got x name you if you're hanging out with old timers old time musicians yeah. you might play them that tune and they go oh that's this tune and it's got a different name oh
0: okay yeah and then yeah. that
1: same tune spawned from a traditional Irish or English tune of a different name yes so there might be three different names or more that yes. one melody is known by depending on the community that you come from so because there's this tie to tradition yes. yes the, the music I think is, is it's beyond human means to destroy or yeah. bury or lose or whatever yeah. because it's based in, in so, it's so steeped in traditions yes. that there's always going to be somebody digging these songs up oh. no matter how long they might get buried under the bed at some point somebody digs them up yes. resurrects them yes. and then discovers Bill Monroe again rediscovers Whoever yes. else, is there's, depth, other to it. there's yeah.
0: depth. You can go as. Oh man, that's cool because that's making me think. Yeah, it's just one of those another thing where you can you can go as deep as you want to go. Yeah. There's another layer. If you discover this band, well, you then here's the five yeah. influences Do of that know, band. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you
1: know this person? Do you know this person? Here? Totally. And and I and I don't know if this is the same in, in say like. More contemporary music because I, I mostly involved in this world. Yeah, I yeah. am. But in bluegrass the the licks the instrumental licks that were played in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and we're still in the modern era trying to do those same things because they're not not because they're not because we can't think of other things to play but because they're they're so challenging like we're not necessarily coming up with new ways to do it because it was done so good yes. so well from the get go those yes. players were so, like, out of the yes. universe. I don't. I they were. Oh, totally. They were so beyond themselves uh, that those those licks that you hear Bill Monroe play on the mandolin, or Earl Scruggs, or Ralph Stanley play on the banjo, are are timeless. But they're also, I think, like they're they're maybe timeless is just the right word in that they always feel relevant yes. to me. I made the mis- this is just me personally. I made the mistake when I started playing this music of assuming that the the original versions of bluegrass were not nearly as as challenging musically or as forward thinking musically or from a from a like lyrical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like that, the ideas that they had in the '40s and '50s couldn't be as good as the ideas that we come up with in the 2000s and that is so not true as you know as you peel back the layers mm-hmm. you realize every idea that you've come up with and this is true of all music someone else has done yes. something like that but maybe maybe in bluegrass music it's, it's it always comes back to one of those first generation guys probably did it yeah you know anything you yeah. think you might have Coined on so the deep. on the yes. on the instrument. Yes. You're like no, in 1940 or yeah. 50, this guy did that or this yeah. woman did that or you
2: think
0: you're the first? Yeah. But this is where the origination comes from. Yep. Man, I uh, I'm gonna take this on another tangent. And, and the thought of I've been fascinated lately of, of idea where ideas come from. And I used to think, uh, I'm just thinking of myself personally. I used to think ideas came from you just would be sleeping or something and an idea would come out of nowhere and it'd be Mm. totally new and fresh but I've realized in life that ideas, especially musically that compound on each other of life experiences so we'll have this conversation and maybe something will get in my subconscious and I'll have another conversation and it builds on itself until I'm gonna be playing in a musical scenario and I play something I've never played before, I think it's totally original but it's because we're having summit beers here and this right now that it came from that's a total tangent, but it's making no, it's, me think it's, it's of like not. if you go deep enough with the
1: music stuff, it's perfect because Bill Monroe took he took three very distinct things to make bluegrass music. He he grew up in a musical family and he was playing old time music at these dances, mm. like we've already talked about, mm-hmm. um, playing all the old time dance tunes. He was in, he he came from a Scottish family, so there was the Scottish heritage and the and the folk music of Scotland. Because I was going to ask when was, you're talking about melodies
0: and stuff, I instantly think of like Scottish or like Irish
1: music. Yep, yep. So that played into it, and then and I I I don't know the name of, of the gentleman, but there was a near where he lived, there was a a black blues guitar player that he that he is credited with being very influential yeah. in in what became bluegrass music. So he took the old time tradition, he took Scottish music, two things that he already knew. Yes. He he took this blues music that he heard from a guitar player playing yes. and then inevitably all of those things formed together yeah. and one day, I mean not out yeah, of the yeah, blue, oh, yeah. but one day bluegrass existed. Yes. You know, and it was because of that prior association with other musical ideas yes that that could happen it, it couldn't just come from nobody yes who, who had no association with any of those things yeah and sound the way it sounds
0: yes oh man yeah that's good dude that's so deep <laughs> that's so awesome I but, okay I want to be respectful of your time I want to <laughs> I want to be I want to I could talk about th- I, this is genuine I could talk about this forever and maybe we need to do a round two of this but I'm in uh, Tonight, you're about to play, what is this? this is a fundraiser called the like, Flannel, what's the name? It's called it?
1: the Flannel Fundraiser. Flannel
0: Fundraiser, and it's for an organization yeah.
1: called? The Minnesota Bluegrass and Old Time Music Association. Yes,
0: and you're on the board of directors? I, I,
1: I serve as the vice president of the association. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so a awesome. It's a nonprofit yeah. uh, that was founded in uh, 1976. Yeah. And the sole mission is to preserve and to promote those those, those two genres bluegrass and old time music yeah. and with it comes a lot of related music yeah. more modern music but but we we think that it's very important to to make sure that people know that these two genres bluegrass and old time they're very important American traditions they should be recognized and preserved in their exclusivity yes but that in the modern era, there there is a lot of uh,
0: they can't get put melding the same of styles
1: yeah. between those two, but also with modern music yeah. to create, you know, bands like the Punch Brothers. And, yes.
0: And, so, oh man, I would, I would ask. I, would, I My next question, if we were, were like doing this like a legit, if I had met you, I'd be like, okay, so tell me why do you want to preserve it? But we've already talked about that, like the brilliance. Yeah. Everything. So, what is the organization doing to to preserve it?
1: Yeah. Uh, so in in effort to preserve and pr- promote the music we're we're primarily focused on hosting live events. Yeah we host four different annual festivals. Uh, we have and they're they're sort of seasonal seasonal based. We have in in March, the beginning of March, we have what's called the winter weekend. okay and we have at the end of March, we have what's called cabin Fever festival. That one's in Duluth. I should say the winter weekends. that's here in Minneapolis, uh, in Plymouth, we host it at a hotel. Yeah. The, the end of March, the Cabin Fever, up in Duluth. Then we have a, a, a kind of a informal picking camping party yes. at the beginning of the summer called the Homegrown Kickoff. So it's very informal, just camping, campfire jams, no stage, real stage performances. In August, we have our flagship festival called the Minnesota Bluegrass and Old Time Music Association Festival. This year is a big year. It's it's our 40th year of that festival. And we have uh, some really amazing bands. Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder are our Saturday night headliners for this 40th year festival. And that, you know, it's four days of camping and stage shows and campfire jams and and all that kind of stuff. And then in, in the fall, we do a, a, a fall... It's called the Fall Jam. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, so uh, another so- <laughs> Minneapolis-area festival. Yeah. But we also do educational programming. We have what's called the Grass Seeds Academy, which is uh, essentially classes for... For young kids, so it's hosted by established musicians in our in our community, yeah, yeah. and and parents can sign their kids up to help them that's learn cool. guitar, banjo, mandolin, dobro, bass, and they you know they learn it in, within Yo, yeah. the confines of the bluegrass and old time yeah. tradition.
0: Yeah, oh, um, man, that's cool that's awesome I mean yeah. put the I'll get it from you or I'll grab it from the website if someone wants to check out the organization yeah or it is a nonprofit
1: yep yeah we're a 501c3 nonprofit once
0: so if someone wants to check it out go to one of these events go take lessons or donate whatever yep. I'll put that information in the show yeah there. it's the
1: art we have a website www.MinnesotaBlueGrass.org, bluegrass org yeah and it's got it's a it's it's a really well put together website, I think. And, oh, yeah. Uh, lots of info on all of our festivals and contact information. You know, we're, we're, we're almost exclusively a volunteer-run organization. So since 76, it's, yeah. you know, it's primarily all volunteers. Putting on these festival it takes an army oh, to do gosh. all that. Yes, and uh, so you can sign up to volunteer and get involved right on the website, yes. or just learn about the events and and come yes. attend and hang out.
0: When you're saying all this stuff, it sounds like uh, it's it's based around music, uh, yeah. but it's more about community also and stuff like that. And we're talking about ownership. Is there like some sort of membership people can be a part of? Are there absolutely?
1: Oh. Yes. The the there are three different categories of membership. You can yeah, be a yeah, member yeah. as a band. Yeah yeah. So my, my my group is has a band membership. Yeah yeah and with that we get opportunities to play at association events at our oh, festivals. Yeah. Oh, d- and we pay an annual fee to, yeah, yeah. to to have access to that booking. Um but there's also some other some other perks and then you can also be a member as an individual or as a yeah. family and you get uh you get discounts to all of our events. You, there's a monthly magazine that we publish as an association. It's called Minnesota Bluegrass, and and it's very much focused on the, the local and national community of yes. the music. Uh, you get that mailed to you. You get online access to that yes. magazine as well. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we the goal is is to bring people on as members. We're we're a little over a thousand strong in our membership. Okay, but we awesome. but we you know we try to that that's the our main our main outreach is in collecting memberships because that's yes. how we we know that the music yes. that the community will be preserved and have the opportunity to promote wider when your net's bigger whether
0: you're a musician or just an enthusiast or just a
1: lover of, of it, it. Yeah. most i would say the vast majority of people who are involved in this association are players yeah. in some form maybe they're just a beginner and they love the music that's what brought them to play maybe they're a player first But it's it's a it's definitely a a genre of players, yes. And so our membership reflects that.
2: Sit in the sun We work, we play We dream what life will pray. Some people change, some sell the same They wonder which life to lead And I'll tell you true in my kids' I Stick to your word and love twice as hard hard Look up to the sky Sometimes I don't want to look away Live for the simple things And simple dreams And see that life is twice as sweet I live, I laugh, love When I look back, I smile Because I meet and blessings I may receive So much I know, but just be patient And you won't miss, miss a thing, Look up to the sky, sometimes I don't want to look away Dreams will see that life is twice as sweet I live my life alone I look back I smile because